listening to you're listening to you're listening to you're listening to and you're listening you're listening to active fm to active fm to active fm fm to active fm welcome to active fm we have around 24,000 uh, listeners that listen every week to to the various shows and 13,000 of those happen to be in the US and i see you are from santa monica mhm yeah Oh, great, great. So I think that's actually a similar climate to us. We we broadcast from from South Africa. Okay, yeah, no, no. It's pretty nice out here. Perfect weather. Oh, great. We're both spoiled with that. So yeah, similar to us. Similar to us. I know when you when you hear of places like say New York or uh, even the UK or Germany and those places and you see the kind of winters that they have, it's um it's not for us, eh? No, no. I like seventy, eighty degrees Fahrenheit. <laughs> all the time. Yeah, so you guys are lucky you're heading into summer but we are just heading into winter. Mm, so for yeah. us it's cooling down a bit. Switching up the opposite climates. Yeah, yeah, you're all yeah. the other side of the world. <laughs> uh Brandon, so should we get started? How how did you get started and what's your story? Yeah, we could get started. Um how's it all work? Just start going right now. Yeah. Yeah, so my question is how did you get started in business? I see you've been going since about 2008. Yeah, I just kind of fell into it. I got my degree in business marketing and after I graduated from school, the first job I got was doing digital marketing for a company and okay. they wanted me to help out with like SEO, social media, doing email marketing, running paid ads and kind of doing it all for them back then and back then I kind of realized everyone's going to have a website in the future and that I should probably stick mm-hmm. with this digital marketing. and just kind of kept going with it and ever since then I've worked at different advertising agencies, different pop pop shops, Fortune 500 companies and everything in between doing the SEO and right now I'm in a company that really focuses on SEO and that free traffic from Google. Okay. Okay, great. What's in I mean you've been in business for a while now, what's that about 14, 15 years odd? Um What are some of the best business lessons that you've learned over those 14 years? Yeah, um there's a lot of lessons I've learned over the years. It's just diversify probably. Don't just put all your eggs in one basket. Try to get traffic from as many different sources as possible. Don't just rely on Facebook or Instagram or one of these platforms because you never know what's going to happen to them and if you just focus on one platform and you're not really diversifying like if you just focused all on MySpace, kind of be in trouble right now so Got to make sure you diversify and having your own website gives you full control of everything too. So I always recommend build out your own website because you can control all of that. You have control on social media or all these other mm-hmm. platforms. You're just renting space off them. You don't own it and they can just take you down or you just give them free content that you don't own. Mm-hmm. So really take ownership of everything. Like be patient. A lot of this stuff takes time. So don't just expect immediate results, but just keep working at it and you'll see the growth over time but test and really look at the data look at analytics and track everything but i mean the list goes on and on and on mm. i think you raised like a very good point there because um ha- let, let's say you're a small business perhaps even like a mom and pop shop as you just mentioned there's so much now you know it, it used to just be you know you optimized for google and maybe you did adwords and that was like 10 years ago and now you you sort of raised oh now there's social media advertising and which one is it is it facebook is it instagram is it twitter 
Um, so, so to those small businesses, what's, what's the advice you give or what direction do you send them down when it comes to optimization? Well, it just comes down to who their audience is. Are they on social media? Are they going to be on Google? Where are they? That's what matters. Who's your audience and what platforms are they active on? And that's where you need to be active. You don't need to be active everywhere. You just need to be where your audience is. That's the main thing. So just trying to figure out who your audience is and how do I get in front of them? Don't try to be everywhere. Otherwise, you're going to spread yourself way too thin and it's not going to be effective. You guys just really focus on who your core audience is and take a step back as a business owner and try to put yourself in the user's point of view. If you're looking for your product or service, where would you go? Would you be on Facebook? Would you be on Instagram? You know, on Google? Or where would you go? Try to look at that. And that's going to tell you where you need to be. Okay, great. Now, I've got another interesting question for you. So, you know, when you talk about optimizing a website for for Google, uh, I guess sometimes you also need to sort of keep in mind that people have to actually use your website and to read it. So I guess what I'm asking is optimizers will often, you know, they want a lot of text and it must be the right text and have the right keywords. But then we live in a Twitter age where people want a picture in 160 characters. So, so how do you balance this out on websites, especially for the, the smaller or the medium-sized business? It just depends what you're doing. If you're trying to rank on Google for SEO, you need to add more content. The more content, the better for every single page. If you can write 400 words or more per page, it's going to really boost you up those rankings on Google. The more content, the better. Google feeds off text. Google can't really read images or video. Google has trouble. They're getting better at it, but they really rely on content. The more content you have on every single page, the better. But then if you, like you said, on Twitter, like it's 280 characters that you're allowed to do. They doubled it a couple of years ago. So they're giving you more space. But even then, it's not that much space. So you got to write a short message. And most people kind of show you like on social media, they don't want to read a long 400 word text post. So mm. you're sharing that message from Twitter. You probably repost it on Instagram or Facebook or LinkedIn or Pinterest with that short message and it's going to work really well. But for SEO, you need to have content for Google on your website. I always tell people, just throw that content at the very bottom of your page. People don't want to read 400 words of content, but Google needs yeah. to understand what that page is about. So it just depends where you're adding that content and each platform is different, but you got to know how your audience is receptive. Do they want to read a big long blog post or do they want a short snippet do they want an image do they want a video how do you use hashtags you got to make sure you use a proper hashtag you don't want to just use one word hashtags you want to use words that are two or more words so it's more buyer intent behind those words not just general broad words just to get eyeballs on it but get targeted eyeballs by using long tail hashtags hashtags that are two or more words but just depends where you're posting Great. And, and by the hashtags, you're talking about the social media hashtags like on Twitter and those sort of places. Yeah, when you're posting on social media, yeah. you use hashtags, not for your website. Yeah, okay. No, great. Um, okay, now the, the conversion rate, they often talk about the uh, the conversion rate in on like a website. But just perhaps explaining that to, to our audience and then that's it's something that you know, from the little bit of experience that I've seen or, or what I've had a contact with, it's quite difficult to actually do. It's, um, it's something that you've got to like sort of really keep track of. And it's the website is something that you have to, it seems like you almost have to work on it on a certainly like a monthly or a bi-weekly basis. 
What's been your experience on that side? Yeah, you got to be testing that website out as much as possible, seeing what works, what doesn't work, because nobody knows there's no perfect website. You always have to be testing, and that's A-B testing, split testing. Half your traffic gets served one version of your website, half the traffic gets served another version, and you can see what gets the most conversion because you have to test. If you're getting enough traffic, if you're not getting much traffic, it's going to be tough to make statistically informed decisions, but if you're getting a decent amount of traffic to your website, start testing it out, move the buy now button, maybe change it from buy now to add to cart if you're an e-commerce website or if you're a service-based business, you could maybe move your phone number up or change the font of the phone number or change the color and see, does that result in people calling me up more or does it reduce my conversion rate? And if it drops it, then you got to switch it back. But if you see more conversions coming in, then that's definitely a win. And then you test that against something else. So now you have the new font or the new color, test that against a different color and keep testing. Never stop testing. You always have to be testing to really hone in and optimize that website for leads and sales and conversions because half the traffic that comes to your website, is going to leave immediately just because they didn't find what they're looking for. They got distracted or didn't load properly on mobile or whatever it may be, but you got to keep yourself top of mind and keep making it easy for people to convert. Hey, so I think you just mentioned something interesting, the AB testing. So I've been in this industry for a while, but I've never heard of an SEO person mentioned that before. Yeah, well, more for traffic. So just because you get traffic to your website, just because I could rank you for all these keywords doesn't mean that traffic's going to convert to sales. And if you're getting all this traffic, but your website's not converting, you're going to be like, hey, this isn't working. So I realized over the years, got to make sure that the website converts as well, because Mm -hmm. traffic isn't a means to an end. Traffic's just half the battle. Once you get that traffic, how do you get it to convert? And that is a tricky part, but it's all about testing and just seeing what works and what doesn't work. So something I've, I've heard of more recently is, um, is like the sales funnels type websites, the funnels types website. Have you had any, any sort of experience with those? Yeah. Ever since I've been doing digital marketing back in 2007, everyone says you got to have a funnel, got to have a conversion funnel because just like I said at the beginning, like half the people that come to your website are going to leave immediately. So you got to keep them, keep them top of mind by first capturing their email address. Then you could send them out the newsletter or send them out updates, have them, you could follow them around on using Google ads, remarketing if you have their email address. And then you try to connect them on social media because I think you need about like five touch points before people actually trust Mm -hmm. you. So all that stuff works really well to just get people to trust you because most people are just, they're going to leave your website. They're not finding what they're looking for. So you got to build that trust up. And, and something, I mean, I noticed now sort of going to your, to your website earlier, uh, a little message sort of popped up and it was, uh, can't remember exactly now. Is it like, uh, 60 tips on SEO and then enter your email and subscribe? So is that something you sort of promote even for the mom and pop type stores or the small businesses? Yeah. Email is the most effective form of marketing. If you get email addresses, you're good because you own those email addresses. You can send out emails to them anytime and everyone's going to receive that email. It's not like we're social media where only half your audience or with Facebook, only 5% of the people that like your page want to see what you post with email. You have full control and look at how much spam you get every single day. Email is the most powerful form of marketing. It's tough to get email addresses. And I recommend to everyone start last year getting emails. You have to get emails. If you're not getting emails, you're not going to be helping to market as effectively as you can. So 
email is number one. And it's tough to get email addresses. You got to give something away for free. You can't just say subscribe to my newsletter. Nobody cares about my newsletter. Got to give them something of value. If you're an e-commerce website, give them like a 20% off their first purchase, a coupon. If you're a service-based business, give them a free something, free ebook or a free, free consultation or whatever it may be to get that person's email address because email is number one. Phone numbers and all that stuff are great, but email is really what you want. That's why a lot of websites, you'll see the pop-up. It just says, give me your email. They don't even care about your name, phone number. They'll get all mm-hmm. that stuff later. It's because the more fields you have too, the less likely someone is going to feel, fill it out back to the conversion rate optimization. If you have, if it says it's name and email, that's an extra field that you're going to lose a lot of traffic. It doesn't seem like that big of a deal, but just by asking for someone's name, you're losing a lot of people. So less is better, but it's all about testing that AB testing. Yeah. So Brandon, this, oh, this is actually mind boggling because one would have thought we went past the whole email um, era. Like you would think sort of it's down to, you know, social media and those sort of things, but sorry to harp on this, but you, you kind of indicating it's not email is actually still the way to go. Yeah. Email is the most powerful. That's why nobody ever talks about it because they don't want you to know how powerful it is. Everyone's like, sure. Jump on Facebook ads and all this stuff because they know Facebook ads are low quality, cheap traffic that they're not interested in your product or service at that moment. They might've been in the past, but just because they're interested mm-hmm. in your product or have interests that are similar to what you're offering doesn't mean they care about or want to use your product or service. Whereas like on Google, someone's searching, they're actively looking, but the email, you could just keep their self top of mind and some of the newsletter updates or product codes or discounts. I mean, if you look at almost every website still asks for an email somewhere in there, they're still trying to capture those emails. Email is by far the most powerful for now. There's a lot of other ways to get traffic, but email, you own those emails. You don't have to pay each time you're posting or sharing content. You just have to create the email, create the newsletter, whatever it is, and send it off to your audience and then see if they'll convert. If you have a hundred thousand people in your email list, you send them off that email anytime. A hundred thousand people are going to be receiving it. It's not like you have to keep growing that audience. I mean, you want to keep building it up, but you, once you have them, they're there unless they unsubscribe. But as long as you keep providing value, don't just promote yourself. Give good value. If you're promoting, yeah, can put yourself in the user's point of view. If you sign up for a newsletter for like, let's say a dentist, and the dentist sends you an email about like why they're the best dentist. You're not going to really care, but if they send you an email about like seven tips to whiten your teeth. You're going to be like, okay, maybe this is interesting and useful for me. So don't just promote yourself. People don't care about who you are, unfortunately. They just want to know benefits. They want to know what's in it for them. So offer value. Okay, great. So so if I, if I sort of cast my mind back to that sort of 2008, 2009 period, when you talked about website optimization, what it really was was uh, kind of optimizing the website, putting text on there, and then um, and then getting other sites to link to to your to your site. Um, now, so I suppose the problem from two thousand and eight till now is now we have I think it's something like fifty billion websites on Google. So, how important is actually that? What would you call it? Backlinking that you have from other websites to to your website is that still very relevant these days? Yeah, there are a lot more websites on Google or on the internet. So that's why it's become more competitive. It takes more time for SEO. It's not because SEO is really harder. It's just because there's more competition out there. And we're not trying to beat Google. I don't care about what Google's algorithm is. It's just mm-hmm. trying to beat those 10 websites on that first page of Google. And 
seeing what they've done. But yeah, the backlinks are such a big part of their algorithm. Google started based off backlinks and it's still based off backlinks to this date. It's changed a lot how they look at those backlinks, but it's still heavily based on getting other websites to talk about you. The more websites that talk about you, the more trust Google has. And then Google looks at the keywords to figure out what you're ranking for, but it doesn't really work the other way around. Without those mm-hmm. backlinks, Google just doesn't trust you and they're not going to rank a website that they don't trust. And backlinks nowadays, Google's looking for quality over quantity. So in the past, it was, I have a hundred backlinks and you had 105 backlinks, you would rank higher than me. Now it's really the quality. And to Google, what's a quality backlink? Quality backlink is a website that's related to you and authoritative. So like if you're a doctor and you're getting a backlink from a, a t-shirt company, that's going to look a little weird. But if you're a doctor and you're getting a backlink from a medical blog or another doctor, WebMD, something like that, Wikipedia, that makes a lot more sense. So relevancy is really, really important with the backlinks. It's not just let's get backlinks to get backlinks and let's get quality backlinks. That's going to move you up those rankings. Right, Brandon. So I suppose that's one of the difficult things because for a small business or, as you say, a mom and pop store, to get other people to link to you is quite it's quite a tough process. Eh? Yeah, it's a little tricky, but it's all about getting creative. You could look at your competitors' backlinks using tools like Ahrefs or Moz or SEMrush. These are all paid tools that you could just throw your competitors' URL in there and see all their backlinks. But there's only so many backlinks you'll be able to get from those sites. A lot of them might be old or outdated, so you have to build new ones. And the way to build new ones safely is finding other websites that are related to you and trying to build relationships with these webmasters. Maybe you offer them a free blog post or a video or press release or sponsorship or whatever needs to be done to essentially get another website to talk about you. But it's, there's millions of different ways to build backlinks, but and it's all about quality. So you don't want to just build backlinks to build them. You want to get quality backlinks. That's really important. And the best way to get quality backlinks is really just by blogging on other people's websites, building relationships with other people that are in your, in your industry and seeing if you could contribute a blog post to their website. Okay, great. Now, now Google AdWords. So, so how important are those these days? I've, I've sort of read, um, you know, reports of the fake clicks, you know, and you see the, in some little place in either Thailand or China or something like that. And they've got, you know, a hundred or 500 iPhones and they're sitting there clicking on all the iPhones. So the, the fake clicks is, or the purchased clicks is actually seems to be becoming more and more of an issue these days. How have you found it with the Google AdWords and, and is that still as effective as what it was many years ago? Yeah, no, Google tries to clean up those fake clicks or they'll refund you the yeah. money. So they're on top of it. Then there's third-party tools. If you really want to double-check, you could spend money on these third-party tools that will double-check to make sure there's no click fraud. But Google ads work really well. It's just they're expensive. That's why I prefer the SEO, the organic side of things. But the ads do work. Mm-hmm. It's just once you stop spending money on ads, you disappear. With SEO, you stop doing SEO, you're not going to just disappear. You're still going to stay up there for the time being. Your competitors are going to try to outrank you. And over time, you're going to drop down. But it's not just that immediate where you're just gone. Mm-hmm. So the ads are definitely very effective. It just depends on your budget. Do you have enough money to spend on them? And do you want to spend money on those ads or invest the time to get that free traffic? And and how long does it take? So so let's say a small business, perhaps they like a small manufacturer, um, you know, maybe employ that sort of 50 to 100 people, that sort of type number. 
and you know they invite you into a meeting in the office and they say come and do SEO for us what's your general take on how long before it starts becoming effective so with SEO it's not really a one size fits all it just depends on that website how much SEO has already been done that done to that website if it's a brand new website it's going to take at least 6 months if it's a older more established website it might only take a couple months but it also depends on the competition how many backlinks do the competitors have how much SEO has been done to the competitors websites and what's the missing gap between yours and their website that's going to really let you me know how long it's going to take because with SEO it's not every website's different it's not just this is going to work for your website it's like you got to look at each one individually and see where the disconnect is between that website and the competitors websites and how to fill that gap okay super uh i see on your on your website you do Amazon marketing services. So is that where where people are actually wanting to sell their products on Amazon? Um yeah, just optimizing just like I could optimize a website, I could optimize an Amazon page, I could optimize a Yelp, a TripAdvisor, I could optimize pretty much anything out there. There's always algorithms on them. So Amazon is another one where putting the right keywords in the right places helps you rank higher on Amazon so you get more people, more eyeballs on your products on Amazon. Okay, interesting. So so search engine optimization is important on Amazon as well. Yeah, on every website, almost every website, like if you're selling on Etsy, there's an algorithm on Etsy. If you're selling on whatever platform you might be on, there's always an algorithm there. So there's ways to kind of tweak it and optimize your profile to try to get you higher rankings. Okay. The other interesting one that I saw on your website which which I guess I've never really thought about was influencer marketing. Yeah, that one is more for social media trying to yeah. say hey we'll get this influencer to shout you out and they'll shout your product or service out to their audience and that one has unfortunately now with the engagement dropping so much on social media it's not as effective as it used to be but still a great way to get your name out there and get brand awareness and get your get new people to see your your product or service or whatever it is that you're promoting on social okay interesting So so Brandon what would be some of the key takeaways that you'd like to give to to the listeners? Um just diversify and try to think about who your audience is and where they are and put yourself in front of them. Don't just be everywhere. Just try to be in front of your audience at the right time at the right place and that one also patience, being patient with all the stuff is not immediate. It all takes time, but over time you'll see that growth and you'll see that positive momentum and traction. Okay, great man. Well, Brandon, thank you very much for your time. And uh we we do appreciate you coming on. I think some of the insights that you've given you have certainly been been mind-blowing for me. Um so would you just like to give us your I mean we'll put your details on to in the links as well, but but would you just like to give us your email address and your uh your website address? Yeah, so everyone that's listening or watching, I create a special gift for them on my website if they go to seooptimizers.com. forward slash gift they can find that there that's s-e-o-o-p-t-i-m-i-z-e-r-s.com forward slash gift and they can find that there along with my contact information and everything as well great thank you very much and thank you very much for joining us and have a good day further thanks so much for having me on okay cheers brandon you join the show Stay updated, stay entertained with Active FM by following us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Gab, YouTube, and engage with us.
like, comment, share your thoughts, and repost. Hey